Uh, good morning, everybody. Today is Thursday, July 21st, 2022. And uh, this is the Tell Me About Your Tech Job podcast for the iTech 350 Real World IT Seminar course at Southern Illinois University, summer of 2022. So um, today we've got a Saluki uh, alum and uh, somebody who, when they submitted their information, when I, when I sent out a kind of LinkedIn, like, hey, anybody want to talk to a class? Uh, I heard back from Jake. And um, I saw some interesting things on his his uh, responses, and it was, you know, just really made me think like we gotta we gotta hear from this guy because, um, you know, software development is an area that you know I'll be honest I ha- I know people that do software development, um, but it's not my kind of area of strength and, and knowledge. But when I saw that you're involved in crypto. And mm-hmm. some of the technologies that are associated with securing um, our data, and that you work for Mastercard, a company that definitely has an interest in keeping their data secure. I thought this would be a cool one to have. So, um, welcome, uh, Jacob Reed, and I think you go by Jake, right? Yep. Okay. That's a good name. <laughs> so, um, maybe just to start off with, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you're from. Um, what do you like to do for fun? And then we'll start talking about technology. Yeah, sure. So, um, hi everybody. Um, so back in 2017, I graduated from SIU with a degree in computer science, a bachelor's of science in computer science. Uh, prior to that, while I was at SIU, I chaired the ACM or the association for computing machinery, uh, chapter that we have at SIU for a year. Uh, we did a bunch of cool things in there. We went to hackathons. And for those that don't know what a hackathon is, it's about, it could be a weekend or it could be uh, 24 hours of uh, writing a solution to fix a problem, often in the form of a web application or another piece of software. Um, I've been to multiple of those. Um, I interned at various different companies, uh, worked mostly in financial technologies. Uh, whether that be retirement services or for uh, credit cards and uh, digital payments, um, more so at MasterCard now. Um, I've worked in a research lab at SIU. Uh, we went to one of the conferences at um, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, where I took first place uh, for my research on the sentiment analysis of uh, code reviews and their effects on uh, uh, code code contribution to open source projects to see how the engagement correlated with that. Um, other than that, <laughs> I, uh, there was a time where I came back to SIU at the last semester I was here, uh, the summer before um, I was reached out to by one of the department chairs and he was looking for somebody to actually help fill a position that was going to be working with NASA wow. to um, do some of the solar eclipse work. Uh, in terms of post-processing images and things like that. So I got to work with NASA there for a little bit as well. Here on campus when they had the big event? Yep. Awesome, awesome. We were, you know, one of my, my family members was here this week and we were just talking about that um, and the, the eclipse coming up. And, and apparently my aunt and uncle have uh, already made reservations to stay at my house for the next solar eclipse. And I didn't even know I was taking reservations. So uh, I, guess I, I guess I better get ready for... Um, you know, my Airbnb off the off the right radar, I guess. Um, so, where are you from? Uh, I'm from originally from Springfield, Illinois. Uh, okay. I lived and grew up there my entire life. 
Uh, we only moved once and it was just to the other side of town. But yeah, I'm an Illinois native, have been my entire life. Uh, moved to Missouri about five years ago for the job that I'm in right now. Okay. Uh, and I've been here ever since. And a little bit with the ACM. ACM is um, a really uh, established um, group uh, among universities. And um, I know they've been around since, I mean, the chapter at SIU, I remember when I was uh, 1920 um, going to a couple of meetings. I went to John A uh, to start, but I remember going to a couple of meetings and they're just, you know, really neat stuff that they, that they um, are involved in a lot of, you know, potential um, cutting edge research type things that get presented at some of the ACM groups. And, and they did the Saluki land, right? Um, I, I think years before I had ever started at SIU, um, okay. like some other students, I started out at community college. Uh, to begin with for the first couple of years and then I came over to SIU okay. uh, about my second year of school or equivalent in terms of coursework. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right that they did help run uh, Saluki Land at one point and they tried to reboot it and that never happened. <laughs> well, who knows after uh, yeah. this post-COVID world if, uh, if that's something that people will be up mm -hmm. for, for rolling back into. Um, so Cardinals fan? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's pretty easy to say that I'm a Cardinals fan. I get free box tickets from work, so <laughs> those are the types of things we need go. to hear about. You know, these yeah. these students that are about to graduate and picking their picking what they want to do need to know about these perks. That's the important yep. thing. You know, if that if if nothing else uh, from this summer class, we need to find out which companies let you keep your airline miles and your hotel points and yep. and and give you the box seat. So that's and and, and make sure you're you're well fed. So. Um, so you did, uh, computer science and, um, it sounds like you were, um, I guess, mentored probably by, by some of the faculty over there in, in your research that you presented on. Yeah. Uh, the professor that was my mentor at the time, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Imam Shu Bosu. Um, I don't believe he's still at SIU. I think he went to another university. Yeah, uh, but he was kind of the AI and machine learning uh, research lab uh, sponsor or really um, mentor for that group, and so he helped us with that. And and we actually had it in this yesterday, uh, Dr. Nick Rahimi. You probably mm -hmm. recognize his yep. name. Yeah, do you do you have classes with him? I, I did actually. Um, we actually, I think we have a paper published together with our name on it. So, that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I'm going to let him know that uh, that you were this next guest right after him. Um, <laughs> and this podcast, when I get his episode ready, I'll make sure to send you the link and, and you can listen to what he had to say, because he's telling us some cool stuff about blockchain and uh, anti-censorship um, protocols based on location awareness and some some cool peer-to-peer -peer stuff that he talked about as part of his research. So um so so good so you got a you had a, a good experience at has at siu it sounds like i had an excellent experience yeah excellent I, yep and so you you had internships were your internships were they summer internships um i did a little mix of both um they were over the various breaks that we had in the school year um most of them were summer internships i interned at a company called levi rain Schaub. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple different times um, there I was working mostly on uh, the retirement services uh, application that they have which 
manages different accounts and it's really complicated. And even as an intern, by the time I was finished, I didn't really fully understand it because um, there are so many moving pieces um, to that. But yeah, and, I did and, that. And that, that company does have like a consulting wing too, don't they? That does like they do. red mm -hmm. team stuff and, and some cybersecurity. I, I think that they do. Um, I know that the one consulting firm that they have is uh, web applications, but they may have broken into that new space. I haven't. Um, stayed caught up with what they're doing today. Gotcha. Um, I, I think I remember seeing one of the red team people um, from one of the CCDC events was uh, was from them uh, maybe a, three or four years ago. But um, but but you had some you had some internships. We've we've had that kind of theme is people getting internships, students getting internships and and how that benefited them. Um, you are now working for MasterCard mm -hmm. and you've been working for them since you graduated. Yes, since I graduated. Yes. So, do you want to tell us what it what it was like? Um, were you how how was the the getting hired by Mastercard process? Um, and I know sometimes you can't say things about mm -hmm. details, but did you did you start talking to them early on in in you know fall or spring semester before you graduated? Yeah. So I uh, actually had previously uh, interned the summer before I came back from my last semester at MasterCard. So it was pretty easy. Uh, the team that I worked with liked me quite a bit, uh, and they extended a full-time offer to me before I had actually left MasterCard and asked me, hey, would you be interested in coming back full-time? They really enjoy having you. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, because it was a really nice job. I did a lot day-to-day, um, -day, and they were really good at kind of getting me into the depth of what they're doing day-to-day -day instead of putting me on a side project, which I thought was really cool. And, and I think, um, you know, this is maybe the second or third student who uh, we've talked about having an internship at a company and then that internship extending to a full-time position. And, you know, I, I've said this before, but when a company like MasterCard or, or Boeing was the other one takes you in for a summer internship, they're not like, hey, we can get this person you know, to work for almost nothing over the summer. They're looking for somebody that, um, you know, they're doing a test drive of you and whether or not you're going to be a good fit. And the fact that you had basically a job offer lined up before you finished your internship is just a testament to, um, you know, how well you worked on that team and um, your your tech skills. And so that's that's cool. And that's one of the main benefits of, of getting internships is, is especially with these larger established organizations is, you know, they're putting in money for, for you, they're investing in you um, as a potential future employee. And, uh, and that's cool. Um, so you, you go back, you finish your last semester at SIU. And then immediately after that, you, you start working for MasterCard. Uh, so I graduated in the fall. It was right around Christmas. Um, so I went and took some time off just to kind of take a break from engineering and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of when I started the apartment hunt and deciding how I was going to move and moving out of my old place um, near SIU into St. Louis, which was a decent track. It was about a couple hours. Um, but yeah, so I had a little bit of a break there. And then I started about February uh, okay. the following year. Yeah. Can I ask what part of St. Louis you moved to? Is there a cool area for youngsters uh, looking to get, you know, in the tech scene? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, if you're looking 
to get into the tech scene. There are a lot of, uh, there, there's kind of like a new startup area that's forming in St. Louis. It's uh, near Soulard. Um, it's really nice place. Uh, they have a bunch of big companies there. They have Boeing, they have Microsoft, they have Accenture, a lot of the big uh, hitters out there. I, I think Square even has an office over there. Um, th those are, that's probably a good place um, to start looking. <laughs> okay. uh, I lived in St. Charles when I first moved here uh, just because it was going to be a little bit more affordable and I could figure out budgetary things. And then I eventually moved out to O'Fallon once I had a solid grasp on what my month to month was going to look like. Understood. And where is MasterCard located? Where's there? Uh, it's about three minutes from my place. So in O'Fallon, Missouri. Oh, okay. It's, it's about 30 minutes outside of St. Louis. Okay. Cool. Yeah. My father lived in Wentzville, so I'm a little bit familiar oh, with that area. Yeah. yeah. Which, which when he moved there, I thought, great dad, you're moving to St. Louis, which is closer to us from where you live, but you picked the absolute farthest place in St. Louis you could live. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so, so you, you know, getting that job offer before you even start your last semester had to have been, you know, kind of a weight off your shoulders, knowing that you you had something, um, you know, that you were looking forward to a, a good place to work. Um, and, and that's one of the great things about this industry is, um, you know, they, talent is being, you know, snapped up left and right. Um, and I'm sure you've seen that in your four and a half years at, at Enterprise, not Enterprise, I'm sorry, MasterCard. Um, and, and so students do have that opportunity if they're proactive to get jobs, you know, midway through their fall semester before they graduate in May. So, yep. um, so cool. So you took some time off, you enjoyed being a non-student before starting work. And what did the kind of entry program into MasterCard look like? Did they have some sort of like an onboarding into a new grads uh, program or because you were already familiar? Did you just plow right ahead into a team and start doing stuff? Sure. Yeah. So as a part of my day-to-day -day work, um, it was pretty much the same as when I was an intern, came back in. I was pretty much, they treated me like an, I, I was an employee, like a full-time employee from day one, mm -hmm. uh, even as an intern. So it was coming back to more of the same. Of course, I had more responsibilities. Um, but MasterCard has a really good uh, college hire program. Um, and they do a lot of things with the college hires to kind of get them engaged within MasterCard and doing more than just work. Um, one of the things that they really, uh, really like to do is they flew us out to New York's, uh, New York, uh, city, um, uh, near New York city, there's a town called white plains. That's where, uh, MasterCard is headquartered at. So we spent uh, about a week, uh, in white plains, New York, uh, visiting with executives and talking to them and asking them questions about the company, uh, which is really cool because I know you don't always get that kind of engagement at some companies where you can talk to an executive and ask some questions, which I thought was really special. So I think, yeah, I agree completely. Um, you know, you, you want to know, you know, who the, you want to know who the people you're working for are, and you want to have a feeling of connection because you don't want to feel like a cog in the, machine. Mm -hmm. um, that's for sure. Um, so when you started, what kind of stuff were you doing at MasterCard? Sure. Uh, so I, I did mostly uh, RESTful API development for when I was starting. 
uh, we were at the time we we're looking at creating a new system to manage uh, um, certificates for different applications and servers uh, and automate that process. Uh, the current solution that we had at the time was kind of heavy and it was really outdated and we were looking to get away from it. Uh, so I worked towards building that solution um, with the rest of my team. And then we eventually deployed it and it's live in production to this day. Uh, so if you bank with one of our partners like Bank of America, you likely are consuming some of the stuff that I've worked on uh, for that specifically. But that was what I worked on when I first started. Okay, so we're talking about like public key infrastructure, yeah. um, figuring out how was it server to server validation of, of certificates to make sure that you've got legit connections as these machines are passing data back and forth? Is it kind of a behind the scenes thing that you were working on? Yeah, so we were working on the certificate delivery aspect of that PKI. Um, and we were actually creating our own certificate authorities. So I learned all about X509 and mm -hmm. you know, very, Version various three? RFCs. <laughs> Yeah, uh, looked at various RFCs and we actually constructed our certificates from the ground up. So we wrote all the code that uh, built out these certificates. Uh, that way we could sign certificates and send them out to our various application teams at MasterCard, which is super important because nobody can operate without them in and, our world. <laughs> oh yeah, and and you know certificates are one of those things we cover in the 460 class here and um, you know, there's, there's, I think, a disconnect between most students who are studying technology and the role and importance of PKI and certificates, um, you know, in, in, our, in our universe, you know, in our, in our, in our technology-centered, internet-driven universe. Certificates do everything. Certificates, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they don't have their, they do have their, their, their weaknesses, but, um, you know, they're, they're critical and they're kind of like unsung heroes um, of, of the security realm. Um, so when you're building these certificates, the, the 509, um, it has space for um, like your own user or organization created fields. Is that, mm -hmm. is that, is that right? Were you using anything like that? Yeah, we were, we were pretty much everything that comes in that certificate. We had a piece of the API or the background process that actually generated it that okay. could construct that from the ground up. So you, you built your own system specific yep. to the business requirements and needs of MasterCard. Yep. Yeah. It was our own certificate authority that we had constructed. Yeah. And is that certificate authority one that is, um, uh, is it a public certificate authority or is it just internal to MasterCard? Uh, it's internal to us and our customers. Gotcha. Uh, there is some external use, of course, because we have B2B. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's, it plays in there as well. So, okay. So you work on this project and, and you said, what, what technologies you said rest. Yep. Uh, we use uh, uh, Node.js or Node JavaScript uh, for runtime for the APIs that we build. Okay. Um, that's pretty much most of everything. Uh, one of the vendor products that we had plugged into, we had used some PowerShell scripting. Okay. Uh, because that's that was the connector between our service and the vendor product. Um, I've worked with Python. I've worked with C++. <laughs> I worked with a gambit of different languages. So one of the things about software development and students who are going into that 
um, kind of area is, you know, you, you find this company is using all these technologies and languages, and this one is using that. And how is it when you come from a computer science background here at SIU, are you prepared to kind of bounce over to something new and have the ability since you've been, you know, formally trained in computer science and algorithms and, you know, how, how software development works. Is it easy for you to kind of adopt uh, a new technology that you're going to use to build, build with? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, a lot of like the intricacies between languages are pretty similar, at least one way or another. Uh, so you have a base foundation that you can build off of and that you can just go to the documentation for that language and be like, oh, I recognize this. This is a for loop. And this is just the way that you do it in Rust or C++ or JavaScript. It, those may vary a little bit from language to language, but the basic concepts are still there. So it's pretty easy to pick up once you learn the intricacies of the language, read through the documentation, watch some YouTube videos on it, build small little applications that way you can play with it in your free time. Uh, spend a lot of time doing that is just researching what we should be using for our next project. And for you, is it difficult for you to transition from one technology to the other? Or could you be like working on one project and you need to do it in, in, in Node and then all of a sudden you need to switch over to PowerShell? Is that, is that easy for you to do? Or do you have to like kind of clear your mind and get ready to put on your PowerShell hat and take off the Java hat? Yeah, so it, I, I think it's kind of like riding a bike. Uh, if you don't ride one for long enough, it's going to be a little bit harder to, but you still never forget how to ride the bike. Gotcha. Um, it's pretty, once you kind of get pretty versed in the language itself, if you step away from it for a little bit, coming back to it, you may be a little rusty, but you can pick it up pretty quickly. I've had to do that with Java before since I work with JavaScript mostly in my day-to-day -day work, um, but yeah. Well, I will say that me personally, I took several Java classes in my undergrad and I tried to, uh, I tried to get back on that bike of Java, <laughs> not, not too well, a few years back. And, and, uh, I think I had the, you know, the, the digital equivalent of like a bike crash going off the side oh, of a mountain, yeah. trying to relearn Java, but, um, but that's me. And uh, thankfully, you know, I'm not in that role where I have to program for people. <laughs> um, so your, your project originally was related to PKI and, and infrastructure um, to make things work. Um, you were taking different pieces of different components of different systems and making them kind of connect together. Is that kind of? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. It was more so focused on the certificate delivery. Uh, as okay. to what those customers actually needed those certificates for was based on, of course, what inputs they provide and what we deliver to them. Um, but yeah, and, yeah, for the most part. And does, is there much open source um, technology that you use in day to day? Oh, absolutely. Um, most of the, a good chunk of the dependencies that we use are all open source, uh, mostly MIT licensed because that's the easiest license to get away with in a corporate environment. Uh, some of the other ones, uh, their use case kind of varies, so you have to pay close attention to it. Okay. Um, but yeah, we do uh, quite a bit. Cool. Um, so after this, what other types of, of projects, what other types of things have you been doing with MasterCard? Yeah, so I've been mostly for the past three or so years, I've been working on uh, a cryptography uh, uh, as a service uh, application that really powers the 
tokenization of uh, card information. That way you can put it on your phone. Uh, we have another team that works on an application called uh, MDAS or MasterCard Digital Enablement Service. Uh, and they're the ones that actually plug into Apple Pay, Google Pay, so on and so forth. Uh, and we are the ones that kind of secure that uh, flow of data and then actually do the tokenization for them. Uh, so that's what I've been working on for the past few years. So I've gotten to work and ship things like Apple Card with Goldman Sachs and Apple, uh, work with big clients from Google, PayPal, <laughs> so on and so forth. It's pretty stressful, but it's fun. So when I go to the grocery store and I want to use my Apple Pay and I mm -hmm. put my MasterCard on there and thumb my my touch ID up at the reader, that is enabled by some of the work that you've done? Yes. Awesome. So from now on, everybody, when you pay for something with Apple Pay, that's a MasterCard, you thank Jake. You say, thanks, Jake, every time you get that receipt. I'm being serious, guys. I'm being serious. <laughs> All right. Um, that's really, really fascinating. You know, we get to... You know, when we get to talk to somebody who can tell us, you know, what they've done and and we can feel how that has improved, you know, maybe our lives or our experience um, in the real world outside of, you know, the Internet and, and technology. I think that's that's pretty that's pretty dang cool. Um, and it's got to be it's got to be fulfilling to to know that yourself as well, that you're working on something that people actually use rather than, you know, mm -hmm. some random thing that maybe sits in a, uh, a container and is used by like four people on a certain app team or something like that. So, so with the cryptography, um, did you, you focus on crypto when you were in school? I know that there's crypto classes, mm -hmm. um, but you know, with, with crypto, it's it's kind of one of those things you you can't make mistakes um, when you're when you're implementing crypto and and so a lot of times the right. tried and true libraries and, and open source projects can end up being used. Um, were you pretty familiar with the ins and outs of of cryptography when you started, or was that something they had to bring you up to speed on? Uh, that's a good question. So I actually took some applied cryptography courses at SIU, uh, Dr. Gupta. Uh, mm -hmm. he's in the computer science department. He, uh, taught that course that I took and it was really informative. And I think is one of, honestly, probably one of the best classes I took at SIU, uh, for my undergraduate degree. It was very informative. It was very clear as to what needs to happen. I really enjoyed it because it kind of combines, uh, more of the math and linear algebra aspect into computer science, which is uh, pretty unique unless you go into some of the other, uh, fields. So I ended up enjoying that a lot, um, and which kind of led to my internship at MasterCard where they were doing something similar. And I really wanted to expand on that knowledge. So I took that job with them and really enjoyed it. Cool. So you're, you're most recently, you've been working on this, um, was it MasterCard enablement services? Is that what you called it? Uh, so we do the cryptography side of uh, the MDES, yeah. Okay. And is that still your kind of day-to-day what mm -hmm. you work on, just in, enhancements to the to the project or the tool or or fixes or just what happens uh, day to day that keeps you working on this yeah. this product that that works already. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I'm the development lead for that team. So uh, I am 
the head engineer, if you want to call it that. Um, So we have uh, different features that we work on from time to time that come in. It could be uh, changes to how we like increase performance or there's a change in the software that we need to accommodate or there's a new vulnerability that's discovered in uh, PKI that we need to address the way that we handle our keys or things of that nature, or we're going to uh, a new cloud platform and we have to deploy out there and we have to adjust our code and um, set up really our infrastructure platform to actually be able to go to the that cloud uh, provider efficiently and use their provided services. So do you work with other teams who are more on the um, administration side of like the VMs that run in the cloud that you're working with and in you, you know, you give them the specs of what needs to happen and then you write the code and somebody else is separate off their handling the spinning up of the, the cloud resources you need? Yeah, so we have a team that does manage uh, the cloud platform for us. Um, but we do have our own DevOps and our development team work very closely. And we're really the ones that decide what that infrastructure is going to look like. And the platform team is like, okay, we can do this, this, and this for you. And we may make some kind of compromises on the way that that infrastructure is going to look like. So it's still pretty collaborative in terms of that. It's not really a handoff of this is what we're going to give you. It's more uh, so coming to a decision together of what that's going to look like, which is really nice. So you mentioned DevOps, and that's one of the things I, I was hoping uh, somebody this semester would talk about. What, in your words, what is DevOps? So DevOps would refer to more of, uh, in my opinion, more of somebody that's going to work mostly on uh, the server side of things, uh, where they're going to be doing application deployments, they're going to be building out Jenkins pipelines, or any other pipeline provider um, to actually do those deployments and automate processes that are manual, uh, things of that nature. They'll be working fairly closely to uh, a Linux or Windows environment and should be pretty familiar with that. And and the 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 DevOps has you know is is weaved its way into most companies of any size, um, and um, there is a really good book that talks about DevOps is it, I think it's the Phoenix project, um, mm-hmm. which, which I listened to on audible. It's a great, great book um, talking about how software deployments in a fictitious organization uh, can really fail and uh, how integrating some of these techniques can make them succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, what, else um what's what is the i mean we're, we're we're looking at you at home right now what does um the the work culture at mastercard look like because we think mastercard uh you know a lot of times finance we're thinking suits you know suits and ties mm-hmm. yeah so in terms of like dress i just for point of reference i go to work in jeans and a hoodie and converse every day. Typical, typical <laughs> IT guy. Yeah, yeah, typical IT guy, and no problem with Probably. that. I mean, you're probably going to see more of the business and management-oriented people. They will be dressed up a little bit more business formal, um, but you'll still see a lot of people that are pretty casual in their dress. Uh, I have worked at places where 
um, the dress code was uh, very like business formal, even for developers. Levi Ray and Shop was that way. Mm -hmm. uh, so it really varies from company to company as to uh, how or how they feel about how people dress. Uh, in terms of the actual work culture, I think it's really good. Um, uh, the higher ups or management really try to encourage people to uh, learn more about what they do uh, and the domains that they work in. Uh, we have a lot of learning opportunities. Um, we provide online trainings for people, uh, support um, uh, secondary degree programs uh, okay. through Georgia Tech and Washington University. Okay. Uh, and that's paid for. Have you taken advantage part. of that? I haven't yet because I've been super busy, but I've been gotcha. looking into the Georgia Tech program. Yeah. For the the cyber, um, they've got like a, a cyber development app development kind of. Yeah, they have a few track. different programs. Yeah. yeah, big, big school for that type of stuff. And I know mm -hmm. WashU um, being in St. Louis, there's a lot of corporations that funnel students in there for their master's mm -hmm. degrees. So that's that's a great opportunity. And and I'll be honest in that. You know, my previous employer paid for my master's degree, which ended up getting me the job teaching. So, um, you know, anytime, you, anytime your employer is going to give you free education, if you can take advantage of it, you know, it's, it's my recommendation that you do. Um, so you, um, you know, you told us what kind of like day to day um, you've, you've got some things on here that listed some of the cool things you've done. Um, what about this client onboarding? Um, that you work yeah, with? Yeah, so I built out this uh, service. Uh, what it would do is through pull requests to a certain project. And for people that don't know what a pull request is, it's basically saying, uh, it's a more technical way of saying, hey, I want to make changes to this project uh, and add some new things to it. Uh, what clients would do is they'd come in and they request changes, uh, whether that be on. Oh, you went, you went uh, muted. Is that better? Can yep. you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what it would be is we um, uh, allow for clients to onboard new uh, certificates that they're going to use to talk to our application. Uh, so we know who they are. Uh, also request new keys that they're going to be using for different cryptographic operations uh, within our application, as well as assign some other uh, configuration items for their application. Um, and they would submit a pull request. We run builds against it to make sure that everything checks out okay uh, and that they're allowed to request it. Uh, there are a lot of rules that are actually structured around what they're allowed to request and who is allowed to make certain changes. Uh, so I, I built out all of that, those pipelines, the validation process, and the actual delivery out to the different servers. That way we could onboard new clients automatically instead of the old process, which involved uh, creating an Excel spreadsheet and logging into the box and actually onboarding clients. Uh, so, yeah. And, and this is another theme, you know, automation that we've heard throughout mm -hmm. the, and the amount of change and, and, and tools that are available these last five or seven years for automation is crazy. You know, there's all sorts of new stuff um, that's being developed to make things um, automated to increase accuracy uh, speed things up um, and and just you know do all sorts of things to to improve software and 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 service delivery. Um, when you're talking about that client um, onboarding, you know most most of the time when when students when we when we look at 
PKI and we look at certificates and we're looking at a web server and the web server providing us, you know, their, their certificate verifying who they are. That's a, you know, that's a one way, you know, we know who they are, but they don't know who we are. So with what you're working on, is it a multi-certificate? You validate them, they validate you type of scenario? Uh, I think I caught about half of what you said. Uh, you timed out there for a second. <laughs> okay. I was just wondering if with the um, with the certificate, are you are you doing a you're you're mutually validating and verifying each other, right? Most of the time, we we think about certificates as a one way. We are we know that Google's Google because of the little lock, and ne not necessarily. We lost you again. Sorry. You losing me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One second. My my kids are told to not be on the internet. You know, I've got this rule, internet that is coming to me by a 67 foot tower I built in the backyard. Um, <laughs> and so sometimes we have little hiccups, but it's nice outside and there shouldn't be any. So I'm blaming the children. Um, that's okay. Um, what what else is uh, you know where what else are you up to? Are, are you involved in anything outside of work, technology wise, or yeah, groups or yeah? So a couple of different things. Uh, I am one of the triage maintainers on an open source project called Express. Uh, what I do is incoming issues that come into the project. I help uh, triage the issues so the maintainers, the core maintainers themselves, can focus mostly on uh the core changes to um the module or uh the framework that they want to make um, what did you say that was called express express and what is it? it it's a javascript restful api framework okay and where where might we see something like that used uh, uh you may say see it used in our own applications that we uh build at mastercard okay uh, for different restful api applications uh I know companies like Google and PayPal use Express pretty exclusively. Uh, there are some other very large companies that use this for their so, RESTful API. So, so you're you're a part of this pretty large open source project. Um, yes. And and I know a lot of software engineers and and developers, you know, have a really strong um, allegiance to the open source. Mm -hmm. um, and I imagine you've kind of got that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I do very much so. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's really important. Awesome. Um, well, uh, let's see. Anything else that I, I haven't asked you about um, working with MasterCard? I mean, you get box seats at the Cardinals games and any other cool yeah. things that they do for their employees? Uh, every once in a while, we'll have an event. Uh, we'll like for our Christmas parties, we may rent out like a Dave and Buster's or a restaurant or a different venue and just have a Christmas party uh, for that company's, uh, for the location. Uh, so the St. Louis office may take somewhere for an event. Um, we have different happy hours throughout the week. Uh, they'll bring in different various drinks into the cafeteria and we'll just kind of hang out and talk and get to know each other and really socialize that way. We're not always heads down at our desk, which is really cool. Um, they, a lot of engagement between uh, everybody just to make sure that everybody's doing okay and things like that, which is really cool. How often are you actually in the office working? Uh, for me, we're hybrid, so I go two days a week. Okay. Uh, yeah. And that's Even a tough... I live 
three minutes. Yeah. Tough three minutes. It's a three minute drive. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, Cool. Uh, Monica, John, Kyler, any questions for, for Jake? I don't have any. Jake, any advice for students? Um, most of uh, the most of the folks in here have about a year to graduate. Um, what do you suggest they do while they're prepping for the, you know, the workforce or mm-hmm. as they're interviewing that type of thing? Yeah. So I've got a couple of different things. Uh, one is to make sure that you can get some kind of experience under your belt before you graduate, uh, whether that be an internship or a research gig or something to that effect. Uh, everybody else jobs that you are. Uh, I think that's really important. And it's something that I look for in resumes when I interview people today. Um, Because if everybody's kind of on the same field where all they did was class and it's hard to pick one. Um, But if you have something that sets you apart, it's really easy to pick. Um, The next thing would be to uh, do what you can to network, get engaged in uh, different RSOs at SIU. I know security dog was a pretty good one at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're interested in more of the software side of things, uh, the ACM is taking anybody in that they would like to be a part of it. They go to hackathons. Um, I think I still know some of the people there. Uh, some of them may have graduated because it's been about five years since I've been, um, right, right. which is another thing you can uh, do. Um, uh, yeah, definitely really. You know exactly what you want to do uh, in your field um, instead of just like general IT or general software development. Uh, find what you are passionate about in that field. Uh, it's really easier to say, and you'll enjoy your job a lot more. Uh, that's why I enjoy my job at MasterCard, but maybe not so much at LRS because I'm doing more of what I love MasterCard now. And that's that's huge huge yeah. mm-hmm. all right uh i'm getting network bandwidth low so <laughs> i'm gonna ask you the five wrap-up questions are you ready sure let's go what is your favorite food what type of cuisine restaurant tell me what you like to eat oh oh favorite and if, kind of and if you've got good st louis recommendations especially uh i really like this taco joint that's near my place it's called tacos for life and it's very good okay yeah so tacos in general, that's, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Are there any podcasts, any TV shows, movies, books that you've found recently tech related, non-tech related that you want to throw out there for people to know about? Yeah. If you're really interested in uh, the JavaScript side of things uh, like myself, or you're looking to learn, uh, there's a podcast uh, by one of uh, my buddies, uh, Uh, It's called JS Party. Uh, He's one of the hosts on that show. Uh, Really cool guy. Um, Listen to that one. That's a good tech podcast. Uh, I spend a lot of time on uh, YouTube. Uh, Network Connects, I I think is his name. He's a really big guy too. And he talks about uh, like network topology and things like that and building out your home lab and things like that. Okay. Um, Is there any type of technology uh, either at home or at work that you've got an interest in that you'd like to play around with or learn a little bit about? Uh, yeah, uh, for me, it's, uh, spending more time with containers. Uh, I use them in my own home lab today, but it's a very basic setup. Just spin things up and spin things down really quickly. 
I'd like to get more into like cluster, like Kubernetes and things like that. What do you see for yourself and your career in the next five to 10 years? I am kind of at the end of the road for going higher in terms of being a software engineer. Uh, so it's more looking like it's going to be a management role for me in the next about five to 10 years, probably even sooner. Uh, our team is growing so fast that we're going to need people to fill that management role here pretty soon. So and that's is, probably close. <laughs> and is that something you'd be excited about? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me in my career, the thing I enjoy most is just making sure people are successful awesome. and can be happy what they're doing. And you might have a second gig as a teacher someday in the future. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and then lastly, if you could retire today, do anything you wanted, money's no object. Where would you be? What would you be doing? Mm, if I could retire today. Uh, I would probably open up my own computer repair shop. I've been thinking that was going to be what I would do in my retirement. I did that when I was in high school. And then when I was in college, I worked at the walk-in center at Morris. Uh, and I really enjoyed that quite a bit. And I think that's probably what I'd want to do. Well, I can tell you it's not going to pay like software uh, engineers. Yeah, it's fine. I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and and I actually, one of my first jobs was, was in high school running and helping to manage a computer repair store at the mall in Carbondale. There used to be a computer repair store at the mall in Carbondale. So... So I have, uh, I also have that that love and, and nostalgia from repairing computers for people and making them happy and uh, then unhappy when they see their bills today. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what we used to do for like 30 bucks goes for like 200 today. 200, yeah. But awesome. Well, I, um, I appreciate your time, Jake, and it's good to, good to talk to you. Um, I hope you don't mind if, you know, if, if you, in the future, if there's something that comes up about crypto we developing, I could get you in to, to talk to another class. Oh, absolutely. I would love to. And that's the thing, guys. Salukis help. Salukis help each other. And I say that almost every podcast. And that's why I get so many Salukis to, to join us because they, they give back. Um, very cool. Thank you for your time. Um, unless anybody has anything or do you have any parting words, Jake? Uh, no, thank you for uh, having me do this. I've done it a couple different times at SIU uh, for the ACM, and it's really good to be able to do it again. So well, thank you I, will, I will email you your podcast episode once I get it uh, up, and I have to type up uh, uh, some, some interesting and witty descriptions of the episodes before I release them. And, <laughs> and sometimes I just have writer's block and, and you know, I don't want to fail there because that's like, you know, that's important to me. Gotcha. Awesome. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, next week, uh, I'm going to stop the recording.